1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also check out Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like. Make sure you hit subscribe. You'll get every stream as it goes up. We don't do just the heat there, although we do a ton of heat before floor, an hour before every heat game. That will continue in the playoffs. Post up Five R hosted by Royal, Jonathan, and the crew. As soon as the game ends. Dono daily every single day of the week. We got MMA shows, F1 shows, we've got Marlins shows pre and post game. Now we've got Panthers shows. We've got everything. So check it out. Five Reasons YouTube channel. We're up to eighteen thousand subscribers. And FiveReasonSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. The latest no paywall content. We don't make you pay like the newspapers from Brady Hawk and others. Also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure that you're going to prizepicks.com. Make sure you're using the code FIVE. F-I-V-E. Playoff props are already up, the play in props are up. You can play those by themselves. You can play those with MLB. You can play those with NHL. You can play those with just about anything. A lot of people want money going over on Tiger on Sunday. Prizepicks.com. use the code five f-i-v-e get your initial deposit match people are like they just give you the money they just give you the money put down a hundred dollars they will give you a hundred dollars to play with and you don't need to play with it all at once so it's an app you can ch- also check it out through the website at Prizepicks.com. make sure you're using that code f-i-v-e and now tonight's episode down the this
0: gang. Yikes. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars wearing bubble frogs, just like to said, you in trouble y'all kept the floor playing, got a all band, y'all seen the block stopping one hand, And Pat we trust, it's power have the guts we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Check out the episode from last night. Uh, Greg and I went through, uh, along with Brady Hawk, Victor Oladipo and what he did in the final game of the season, scoring 40 points. Whether or not he might crack the rotation. Our Victor Oladipo episodes tend to be very popular. Uh, <laughs> a lot of interest from in the fan base of those. The downloads always go up. Uh, we're not going to do a ton of that today, so make sure you check out the last episode. But we've been taking some questions from our what we call our winnow string. It's off the floor. Um, that's a subscriber only string. It's free for the first week and three dollars and five cents after that. At least for now, I would sign up soon, guys, um, or girls, whoever it is. Uh, but make sure you check on that out because we give you exclusive content, but we also engage with uh, our subscribers there, and we've been taking topic suggestions, and this is kind of an offshoot of one of the suggestions that came in. And it's a pretty simple question that we asked before last playoff series. and the answer to it, or last playoff year before the heat got swept by the bucks. and the answer to it, Turned out to be that everybody failed. Uh, they got swept out of the playoffs. Jimmy was not stupidly locked in. Bam wouldn't take a jumper. Tyler Hero didn't take a step. Duncan Robinson didn't contribute anything. Eric Spolster got out coached, and the Heat. Yep, they got they got blown out of the building in three of the last four games of that series. But we're going to ask the question again: Whose legacy is most at stake in the upcoming postseason for the Miami Heat? And we have not prepared this in advance this is another one we're springing on, on our, uh, our other hosts here, but whose legacy is most at stake. And again, we don't know who they're going to play in the first round. Got a play in game coming up between the nets and, uh, and the Cavs. no Jared Allen in that one coming up on Tuesday night. And then of course the heat could still face either Charlotte or Atlanta. So, f- so basically they've got four possible opponents. I'll go to you first on this, Greg, who is, is the first person that jumps to mind whose legacy would be at stake with this playoff run.
3: Well, first of all, the 2021 playoffs, the Heat were just tired, damn it. That's how that's, that ended. We're not going to talk about failures as it relates to that team. But moving on to the topic at hand, this is interesting, actually, because like when when you just sprang that on us, I immediately got reaction, said Jimmy Butler is the guy whose legacy is there's most at stake, I would say. Um, and then as I started to kind of just – unpack it quickly before we started to talk about it. I thought about kind of the buzz lines that you've heard about Eric Spolstra with the like hasn't won 50 games without LeBron. I guess you could say he hasn't won a championship as a head coach without LeBron James. Um, I think that there's some of that that's interesting to think about, but this is this is easy for me. It has to be Jimmy because Eric Spolstra has a championship legacy, and no matter who you say he did it with, he did it. And Jimmy Butler has yet to do that. Uh, and this season in particular, I feel like it's likely going to be as good as we're going to see Jimmy Butler going forward. So to me, it, ha- it has to be him.
1: Alex, uh, Brady put up the numbers about Jimmy. I did too, but uh, Brady's stuck out even more so that essentially had, he had the exact same season this year as last year, like every statistical category. I mean, even to the the number of two pointers he made per game and the number of two pointers he attempted, he was the same per, per 36 minutes. He was the same player. He played roughly the same number of games. There were 10 more games available this year. He played three more than he did last season. So he actually was less available by percentage than he was in the 72 game season. Um, but he he had the same year and yet I feel like the narrative on him has shifted a little bit because we went from, he comes out of Philadelphia and he carried Embiid and Simmons in a playoff series, right? If they'd won that series, if Kawhi's shot doesn't go down, Philly may end up going to the finals. Jimmy Butler was the best player for Philadelphia in that series. Okay. Then he comes to Miami and he has really a a very good playoff through the first three rounds, three rounds. But but he had some ups and downs actually even in the it, 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 even during those three three series. But then the finals, the two games that apparently the Ringer Pod has forgotten because the Heat did win two games in that playoff series, not one. They were not beaten in five; they were beaten in six. And and but then last year he stupidly locked in, and he's outscored by Bryn Forbes. Like, where are we with the playoff Jimmy narrative right now?
2: Well, a playoff Jimmy narrative, like this is where I think you give credit to what Leif was talking about here as far as his legacy being on the line is because I think that's the most recent thing. And therefore, that's the most prescient narrative when it comes to Jimmy Butler and his performance. And I think that's what kind of led the way, you know, that type of thinking preseason, you know, specifically starting in the offseason after they got eliminated, kind of led the way towards, you know, Jimmy having a good season. But then once that drop-off started, People were, I think, a lot quicker to start with kind of the talk of his decline than maybe um, would have been done in the past, right? And maybe I'm making, you know, uh, I'm making a correlation out of something that isn't, but it just really does seem that way. Like, I think when you look at it, like, okay... He's they're having a drop off. You know, he doesn't he's not having these games where he looks like finals, Jimmy, where he's taking over because that's not how the heat play. So you don't have those reminders that he's this high level player constantly, even though he just does what he does on a night to night basis for the most part. And then you just look at it like the last thing we saw him playing on a on a on a, you know, in games with stakes. It was not good. Like he he did not do his part. But we also know the context of everything that happened, you know. Um, as far as not the Heat being tired, everything we've talked about and, and did talk about all of last year, et cetera, et cetera. I think I really think it has, it, it comes down to more just basketball stuff. The Heat versus Bucks series was not a good one. The Heat were completely outmatched, we're not ready for it. And they just got blown out the, the door. Like, I don't think it, it was even close. And we thought that the Heat could win that series, we were dead wrong. And that team just turned out to be not as good as we thought, especially at that time of the year. And so to me, that's probably what informs my opinion that I I don't think that is the level of Jimmy Butler. I think the guy he's been throughout all these regular seasons is kind of the level he's at and that he could take that up a a notch during the playoffs. So I I don't necessarily get too informed by what happened in the last playoffs run. And maybe that's me being naive, but that's where I am.
1: I I think that this... Is influenced somewhat by uh, the context of where we see Jimmy going forward, because the reason that I don't necessarily put him first is because I don't think that his performance is as determinative of how far the heat go now and in the future as it was two years ago. And it doesn't mean that he slipped as a player, but it means that other players on the team have gotten better. I I think when you look at, uh, again, the, the, um, the, the conversation we have about Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry is here in large part because Jimmy Butler wanted him to be here. Now it has worked out, but they built this team for Jimmy. And so I think... That, that be By getting Kyle. And so I think that that is why there's going to be more pressure on Jimmy from some, because we put this thing together for you. Okay, now you've got to deliver. But I think there's also an understanding that Jimmy Butler, as you said, Greg, this probably is the best version of Jimmy that we're going to see. And that even though he's getting paid, which also puts us in the context, they, they that's another element here that gave him the big money going forward. Um, that that ultimately, I think we saw two years ago that that there was cr- crazy circumstances in the bubble, but the Jimmy Butler is your best player. You're probably not going to win a bunch of championships, but Jimmy Butler is part of a collective uh, where he can be your driving force emotionally and at times in a basketball sense, you're okay. I, I actually am going to go someplace else here. I, I think it's BAM. Um, and and, and I, I think it's BAM because... I, I think we're at this stage now um, with Tyler that he's kind of playing with house money in the playoffs at this stage. I, I just think what he's done during this regular season, he's also going to be the only one of them to win an award. That's clear. When you see some of the votes, He's probably going to be the only one in the top three uh, of their particular category. I just feel like it, unless Tyler completely bombs this off season, I, this postseason, which I don't see happening, I think that this is going to be looked at as a step up, but bam defensively, he was as great as ever, maybe better than ever offensively, pretty similar to what we saw last season. And so to me, this is an opportunity in the postseason for him to show that he can carry the mantle, not just when everybody else is out. And so they have to turn to him, but when, Everybody is together. And the other thing is, we can talk about Jimmy not performing last year in the playoffs, and he absolutely didn't. But the storyline of that series was not Jimmy struggling against length. The storyline of that series was Brooke Lopez backing up 10 feet deep, okay, and letting Bam do whatever the hell he wanted, and Bam wouldn't do it. Bam was the one at the home games that the fans were getting irritated with in games three and four, every time that he wouldn't shoot, there wasn't that irritation with Jimmy necessarily because he had banked it in the finals. The last year, he banked that goodwill. Bam didn't get an opportunity to do that because he was playing so banged up. So I actually think it's more, if you're looking at the future of this franchise, I think it's more Bam than it is Jimmy who, whose legacy as a leading anchor offensively, is a little bit on the line in this postseason. season Any of you guys want to weigh in on that?
3: It's a bold claim. I just feel like Bam is, is he 24 or is he 25? 24. We can't do legacy stuff on him yet. The book hasn't been written yet. You can't, I don't know, like we're in like chapter one or chapter one and a
1: half. But let me right? ask you this. If Bam's going to come out, Greg, let me challenge a little bit. If Bam's going to come out, he just did that interview with Sports Illustrated and says he wants to be one of two. Bam, one of one, but he wants to be one of two along with Dwayne Wade, right? He wants to be right there with Dwayne as, as a standard bearer for this franchise. And I'm assuming he meant being draft. I mean, he's already the second best draft pick in, in franchise history, the best draft pick in franchise history in year two of the, his, his year two. Okay. Was, would have led the heat to a championship if he doesn't pull a rib cage muscle. Okay. Dwayne was that good at that stage in year three. Dwayne led them to a championship averaging 34.7 points in the finals. I, I'm, I'm just saying Bam is putting, I, I know Bam's not going to be that kind of offensive player that Dwayne was different position, different era, all the rest of that. But if you're going to put yourself there, I think we can stop using the, well, he's only in his fourth season. We've seen this before in someone's third season here in Miami and, and to so large degree in the second me. season.
2: Isn't that what made Dwayne's whole thing so special is that we hadn't seen it so many times before. No. <laughs> Somebody like Dwayne, who wasn't necessarily, you know, the one of the biggest stars of that draft. Like, we know the story of, of LeBron and Melo being the top dogs of that mm-hmm. draft, and Bam is similar in that aspect, but we know, like, the differences between them. And I know what you're saying, that, that you know, that that's kind of the the parallels that Bam likes to draw. But for him, like, I think the, the more realistic goals when it comes to parallel between uh, Dwayne is being able to contend four championships early on and be an important cog of it, whether or not he, you know, he doesn't have the same low Dwayne had, but he is in that, in a similar position as to where the Heat were in that early time of Dwayne's, you know, uh, era here. And I just think like for him, it's about winning. So that's where he can go and try to draw the parallels, like go out there and win a title. They already got to the finals and Bam was a huge part of that. And they did that in his first year as a starter. So I think it's tough to you know, start using the D-Wade skill because then we start getting... It's hard yeah, to yeah. give guys credit when we're trying to compare them to these, to Wade, who's a top 25 player of all time. Here, so here's I, where this
3: also gets really... Ethan, you got something out for Bam Adebayo? Um, no.
2: And by the way... So I, hold,
3: hold on, so wait, 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 wait. Because, like, earlier this year, we were debating whether he had the personality to lead a mm-hmm. team, right? Like that, mm-hmm. like... I don't want to do the whole alpha thing. Cause the alpha beta, like that, uh, that shit's whack to me, but anyway. um, So now he's actually like, this is an alpha statement, right? Like I'm going to be like, he's putting himself in the same, I like it. With Dwayne Wade. I so like it. to your point, I understand where you're going in that he's putting those expectations on himself. So now he's going to have to back that up. But I just feel like to Alex's point, I think Bam is more holistically looking at can I be a part of championship groups in Miami and I mean I think we all can agree if the Heat were to win the championship this year Bam's not, number 13 would leave the rafters for Dan Marino and it would go up for Bam Adebayo no matter what he did the rest of his career no, am I, I wrong
2: way, quick thing I, just to yes. just to, uh, hop on to something here Jimmy was absolutely scolded for the way that he performed last season. Everybody constantly points to how Bryn Forbes outscored him. They do, Alex, but but you were in the building, though. He couldn't score on Giannis. He couldn't score on none of those bucks. So I I think he he was was awful.
1: Alex, he was awful, but I'm telling you, you were in the building with me. Those two games – the the guy who was getting the booze, f- what because of the way that the series was playing out was not Jimmy, it was Bam. I just that's just the way it was. I mean, th- we talked about the importance that game one, okay, which they could have. St- then I'm going to respond to Greg's point about being me being against Bam. I love Bam, okay, so I'm not going to let this. Go I know too this. Far. That's why I set
3: you be- up to be- get, get your fire.
1: Okay, I've been, I've been I've defended Bam as much as anybody, but I'm just saying you're putting yourself there, which I like. But I think that there is a level that I, I think I think fans and I think observers want to see, and I'm going to get into some of the others in his in his grouping, okay, and some of the things that they may accomplish in this postseason. All right, now Bam's got a gold medal. Bam has far exceeded expectations in every sense. But last year, we could talk about how awful Jimmy was, okay, in the last three games, and he was. But Jimmy almost stole him game one in Milwaukee, and that series might have looked a lot different if he had, if you remember that, okay? The game did go to overtime and then they collapsed from game two on. The consistent storyline in that series was was Brooke was disrespecting BAM and Bam didn't make him pay. That was to me, that was that was the number one storyline of that series. But get, getting back to BAM for a second, all right? I, 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 the reason I say it's BAM is because I, I think there's an acknowledgement even inside the heat organization, that Jimmy has hit, not, I wouldn't call it a plateau, but we kind of know what it is. I keep saying that, like, you know, what you're going to get from Jimmy Butler, the two games he gave you against uh, the, the Lakers were outliers. He was possessed. It was tremendous. It's not the norm. It's not what should be expected at this stage. When we're looking for somebody to to lead them to a championship, you're going to need somebody to play at a top 10 level. Like, doesn't have to be a top 10 player the entire season. Jimmy almost did it two years ago, but I think now you're looking more to Bam and perhaps to Tyler, but I'm going to, I'm going to put it more on Bam though, because Bam has, he's, he's older than Tyler. He's been in the league longer than Tyler. His role may not be the same offensively as Tyler. I get that. I know Alice is going to jump in on me about that because that's clear. Okay. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm looking at it. And I'm saying if they're going to win a title, bam has to be great he has to be great and and that's and and so when i'm saying legacy on the line i'm not just saying it as a negative as a pejorative i'm saying to a certain degree bam can cement his legacy this this off this postseason with what he does okay not just defensively and being in my view the best defensive player in the league okay But what he does as a key cog of their offense, which he was not last postseason, if he's averaging 15, 16 points this postseason, okay, and he's taking two shots in the fourth quarter, it does hurt his legacy as a standard bearer of this franchise going forward. That's just the way that I view it. Go.
3: That's fair. I don't like debating you when you get in this mode, because uh, I agree basically wholeheartedly with everything you just said.
1: Alex I mean are you gonna give me the hero bam offensive stuff because that was going through my head that that
2: actually didn't go through my head at all I was because the thing is I was when when you when you brought this up earlier I was going through it and bam was one of the choices for me too I don't think you know saying that is crazy at all it's just tough when you say legacy because that almost kind of implies like oh his career is on the line here that's why I went
3: Spolstra because I'm like thinking like who is like at the crossroads uh, of some sort you know what I mean like
2: Let's do the Spo thing, though, because I think like for the same reasons that I, that I was talking about Jimmy before, uh, you know, Bam, like you said, very recently laid an egg in the playoffs. And I, I was just saying that I think both of them kind of more or less equally laid an egg. Like I think they both played pretty bad. And uh, I think a lot of the, my expectations just have to do with, with Bam's role in the offense. And I just feel like if Bam's field goal attempts – aren't going up by a lot this uh in this playoffs other than obviously you know he's going to be playing more minutes than he is uh during the mm-hmm. regular season so the temps will go up relatively because of that but if it's like if it's looking bad when it comes to field goal attempts if there's not more of an emphasis to get him going in the fourth quarters he's having fourth quarters like what you said ethan where he's you know just not very much a part of the offense so they're not looking to get him going at all then it's hard for me To, you know, like I have said on plenty of shows in the past, blame Bam, because it's like at some point, if you're running sets for all your other best players and even role players like Max and and Duncan, like I think you could run a set or two for Bam
1: every now and then. I'm with with you. But then the question becomes, why aren't they? Right. So that that see that that's the next layer of it, because. We've had the same conversation. I'm not saying we're going to have it this postseason. We could be pleasantly surprised, okay? But I'm saying you know. we had it after last postseason, and Pat Riley basically said we're going to, I suppose, going to put him in better position. We've discussed this numerous times. It happened at times this year, not at other times. Happened more since he came back from the injury, to be honest. And and you hope that that's going to continue to happen. But I got one more, and then Remember after the Boston break. Series. Well, I want to talk about Spo after the break, okay? Cuz I think Greg makes a good point. But before I do, is it possible to say that the legacy that's on the line here is the Jimmy Bam partnership at the top of the franchise? Is is that is is that Ooh. a fairer way to put this because if let's say they go out in the second round round, yeah yeah. focus
3: of the build can it be jimmy and bam is the focus of the build that that is the burning question
1: if it's ugly i think
2: yeah that's fair if it's like uh they go out competitively versus a team that's supposed to be you know quote unquote better than them then i don't know because i i'm not there like i think it would have to go down like in an ugly
1: way for that to really be a question all right. We're going to talk about Spol- Robinson's legacy is the one. <laughs> all right. Well, we're not, we're not, I'm not, I'm not letting Greg in on that uh, at this moment, but at some point we will here. I, before we do, we're going to talk about Eric Spolster here because I, I think it's, it's a salient point that Greg's making. And he was on my list. Also, before we do I want to tell you about a great sponsor, the five reasons sports network, our friends are at you break wheel fix. They're the big three of all your car wheel needs. They handle the repair, the refinishing, and they got a custom wheel specialist there to make them look really, really nice. They even got the vice colors there if you want them. They repair damage wheels from curb rash, cracks, or bends, all under one roof with in-house powder coating, CNC machining. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make?
1: and polishing. They offer the new custom wheels too and tires from your favorite brands and they offer no credit check financing up to five grand for a new set of wheels. Fast turnaround times on all repairs and they even provide the loaner wheels in many cases. Break Wheel Fix is your total automotive wheel solution located in North Miami right off of Biscayne and Northeast 146th Street. They're actually going to be moving soon to a bigger facility. We'll tell you about it when it comes, but you can still reach them uh, down there in the Miami Shores area. Again, it's UbrakeWheelFix.com or Ubrake Wheelfix fix on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. You can see all their great work. 305-748-0112, 305-748-0112. That's you break. That's the letter you, you break wheel All right, let's get to the Eric Spolstra thing. And then I'm going to allow us to at least do a little Tyler here uh, because I, I, I feel like if we don't, people are going to, are going to question it, but on Eric Spolstra, thing. He's not going to win coach of the year. Um, apparently uh, he doesn't have any good players because they're not up for any awards with the exception of Tyler, but they just, won 50, sure, huh? they won 53 games by osmosis. There's no chance he wins coach of the year. I, I I've looked at, if you just look at the ballots that are circulating league people uh, that I've talked to media voters, uh, it's Monty. It's, it's maybe Taylor Jenkins. Uh, I think Bickerstaff slid down because Cleveland slid down. Obviously Billy Donovan slid with that way down. Uh, but I think, I think it's those two. I think there'll be some votes for Nick nurse that get thrown in there. I think there'll be some votes for Ty Lu that get okay. thrown in there. I, I think he's
3: going to run away with it. I,
1: th- I think my, Ma- I don't know if he's going to run away. I think he's, I think he gets maybe 50% of the vote and the other 50% is split between a bunch of guys. One of which is going to be Eric expulsion. but, but the thing is this, okay. We've now seen another coach get fired by LeBron uh, Frank Vogel. That's now five coaches who have not survived the LeBron era. Uh, Tyloo was fired shortly after LeBron left, so he doesn't really count. Eric Spolster is the only one who's completely still standing. Uh, Eric hasn't gotten really any credit for that. Um, I think I, you know, I've heard some crazy takes. There's some stuff on again Twitter. Uh, these are not these are not NBA media, but that Eric lost his team. I mean, they won they won six straight after he supposedly lost his team. Um, but I do think that there is a narrative that could be pushed if they go out early, early. Okay. Like, because again, if you're the one seed, then that becomes an issue. You know, if like, if they get balanced in the first round, then I do think that Eric's in terms of the playoff success gets brought up because then people say, well, he got to the finals, but he got there in the bubble. And then previous to that, you know, he's been to, he hasn't been to a conference finals other than that since, uh, you know, since LeBron left and and may have gotten there if Whiteside and wasn't hurt and Bosch, uh, hadn't gotten sick. Do do you, do you see Spolcher getting any criticism or his legacy being not locally nationally? If he, if he doesn't progress here in the playoffs, I
3: just don't think anybody's going to really talk about it. I mean, I brought him up just thinking about the, the small faction of NBA Twitter that would try to, you know, convince me that Brad Stevens is a better coach or whoever the different dude of the month is Nick nurse, whatever. Um, I ultimately think that Spolstra's legacy is cemented in Miami to the point where it doesn't really matter what happens, go forward. He's going to be fine. He's kind of impervious to criticism. I almost think like the league too, um, the league holds him in higher regard than its observers do. So like the people within the league hold him in a different spot than um, than just like national media, et cetera, just flies under the radar. So I brought him up at the beginning and everyone probably immediately scoffed because ultimately it's to be scoffed at. But I do think that there is at some point if if Spolstra never gets to the finals outside of the bubble, because that's just such a bullshit excuse, but it's never going to go away. And if he never wins a championship without LeBron James, there's going to be people who point to that and say like, you know, win one without number 6. Do
1: you think there's any situation Alex where he gets out coached in the East playoffs?
2: It could happen. Like I still think Spo is the best coach in the league, but if you want to go with the technicalities, is it fair to say he was out coached by Mike Budenholzer who we all clowned the season before uh this kind past of. playoff run? Like I think we saw that that one adjustment. Obviously, there's more than one, but the big one that we all st- talked about and that stood out that I alluded to earlier was them kind of moving the defensive matchups around and kind of setting that... Well, they're not the ones who set the blueprint, but they copied the blueprint that Vogel did against Jimmy in the bubble finals when the Heat were missing Bam and Goron. They just switched up the matchups, had AD guard Jimmy, and then they switched up other things they did on the back line with AD there. They did that... The Budenholzer did that with Giannis, and the Heat, like just kind of weren't able to were, you know, we're not able to adjust to that. And maybe it's more, you know, to defense bow here is just the team did not really, you know, personnel wise was not really built to adjust to that. You know, they didn't have other options. Tyler wasn't the guy he is now. Goran was kind of cooked as we discussed last season. Uh, we love Goron, but it just, uh, they didn't have enough. And so I think now, like, I, I don't think by the way that, Bringing up Spo as an option here is to be scoffed at. I think it's true with everything you're saying. Like, that's kind of being the, the resounding narrative amongst a good chunk of fans, I feel, that he kind of got to all that winning because of the big three. And I think ever since uh, some of the stuff he's done over the years, you know, the 11 and 30 to 30 and 11, taking that team to the bubble finals, they obviously had that good team uh, that everything happened with Chris Bosch and losing Whiteside in the playoffs. Like, I just think there's been enough years now of him proving he's going to get the best out of guys. Where like season after season. They're doing better than you think. Right. Pretty much every single season. And then, you know, so, yeah, he can be out coached. But uh, I'm not really expecting that to happen in this playoffs. Like who's going to out coach him? Uh, Bickerstaff or Steve Nash? Absolutely not.
1: Well, I I think you look at the Eastern Conference uh, and the coaches right now. And first, I think thing, he, I, he has everything he,
2: he wants and will need to outcoach another guy. Like I think that's the difference between this year and last year.
1: I I think when you look at um the east, okay. First thing, I, I think last year he was exhausted like the rest of them were exhausted. Uh they there just were he there just were no fresh ideas from him last year by the end. Whereas this year we've seen a bunch of fresh ideas, some of which we've kind of projected based on his history, but there's been like little tweaks to them that we weren't necessarily expecting, or maybe the timing of them we weren't expecting. I can also just tell you from being around a little bit the last two years, obviously not as much as I used to be, he just seems refreshed this year uh, compared to last year. He it's more like it was prior to the bubble. When I said at that first media day, Oh my God, it looks like the white side cloud has been lifted off his shoulders. And we saw that the entire season. And then, you know, even with COVID, I think that being in the bubble was stimulating for him because it's that kind of basketball environment. He loved that. And last year was just a total drag for him and everybody else. So I give him a bit of a pass for last season. I do think there are coaches in the East who could give him trouble. I think it's a good group, honestly. Um to me I, w- I was I was looking at this today. I think Steve Nash is probably the worst of the group. I think Doc Rivers is the bottom tier of the group even though he's got some track record, but I mean Nick Nurse is an exceptional coach. I think uh Udoka had had a terrific first season. If you look at the way that he we'll see how he does in a playoff run, but that I mean Boston looks like they and that guy has been a potential head coaching candidate for a long time. So that that didn't really come out of nowhere. I, well, it's I lose in the West. Okay. But, but I think, but I'm talking about in the East. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the West later, but I mean, I think if you look at the rest of the East, I mean, look, Boone We all have their issue, our issues with certain things that he does, but he he's championship minted now to, you know, at least he's gotten over the hump uh, the, he will present. And he knows this Miami team very well. They'll, they'll, he'll present some challenges. I think you look at, I don't think bickerstaff has got the material right now. I like Borrego as a coach. I don't think he's got the material right now. Uh, Nate, to me, we've seen in the playoffs last year was kind of an anomaly compared to his previous uh, his previous seasons as a head coach. And who am I missing? I've got Philly. I've got Brooklyn. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Right. So Billy Donovan,
3: Doc Rivers, you you mentioned those two.
1: Yeah. I mean, Billy, I, I like Billy as a coach, but Billy, I think Billy overachieved with this group the first half of the season and knew he'd overachieved and they've come back to earth quite a bit and there, there's other things that need to be done there. But, but look, I think, look, a playoff series with Nick nurse in the second round, if, if that Toronto team beats Philadelphia, I mean, that's not going to be easy. I mean, they, they will, Nick nurse will make it hard on, on the heat and they've got, they've got enough players uh, to make it challenging for the heat's best players. So I, you know, that's, that's one of them. I think if, if the heat got to the finals, you Then you couldn't say that Spolster underachieved, right? So then his legacy would be secure. That's why I don't mention the Gentries, the Taylor Jenkinses, uh, you know, the Steve Kerr's, because by that point, we'd be like spo got him to the finals again. Uh, and, and actually, I mean, that would be how many times? That would be what, six finals appearance? <laughs> Excuse me. You for- know, that
3: would also... Um- Just to close the loop on this, if they got to the finals, it would actually help Jimmy, Bam, and Spolster's legacies because there's a certain element of this where you just want the opportunity to compete for championships. And that would be that. So, all
1: right. So, so, go ahead. Well, here's here's the final. All right. I'm going to save the final question for after the break because I I think you've raised a good point here because I think there's a threshold. When we talk about legacies okay and and what they mean before we do got one more sponsor that we want to tell you about so many of our sponsors here are local in south florida including our friends over at all pro construction builders reach out to danny that's our guy 305-484-4429 hurricane season always around the corner you got to protect your home or business contact all pro construction builders they specialize in the impact windows and doors for residential and commercial properties all Pro Construction Builders is state certified licensed and insured general contractor. They service Miami Dade, Monroe, and also Broward, and they use locally made American products. They're also, as I said, family owned and operated. You will deal directly with the owner and his family from start to finish. Call Danny at 305 484 4429. That's 305 484 4429. You'll get a free estimate. If you mention five reasons, you get a 10% discount. Again, Danny 305 484 44 29 Greg you always cite that uh, phrase that I use all the time the playoffs tell and, and I think what's fascinating like about 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 yeah and what's fascinating about the playoffs is that they tell you different things at different times you know I, I and they're also legacies are defined by the craziest events LeBron James legacy in Miami was defined in large part by a Chris Bosh rebound and a Ray Allen shot. Okay. And then nobody remembers what LeBron did in that fourth quarter, even though it was significant to get them to that point. It's just, it, it's, it's the, it's a matchup. It's the way the ball bounces. It's an injury. It's a suspension. Uh, you know, I mean, look, his legacy would be much different in Cleveland. If you didn't have the Draymond green suspension, there, there's so many things that happen. And even with the heat, You know, Jamal Mashburn developed, you know, a a legacy off one play in Miami, off passing to Clarence Weatherspoon. Like, he did other good things in that postseason. Nobody remembers any of them. All anybody remembers is that and him coming back with Charlotte and torching Miami. Um, You know, there's so many of those things. You know, Tim Hardaway had some struggles in some playoff series, but people remember the 38 points uh, in the first round against the Knicks, right? Like, that's the way we look at it. And and the one I want to use here as we go forward in terms of how a legacy is defined is Chris Bosch i covered all of those playoff series and he fans were all over him for kevin garnett outplaying him for roy hibbert outplaying to the point right. that like chris didn't want to talk about either of those two players like the most genial player that i've ever covered the best conversationalist and like he was like shooting evil eyes into you in the indiana gym okay about asking about hibbert again um and now i mean roy hibbert is forgotten and chris bosh is in the hall of fame right like It's why he was looking at y'all like that. (laughs) That's right. It's right. Well, but that's the thing, like uh, matchups do crazy things to you. So I I guess I'll put it this way to both of you as we close, you know, what is the point where, where the legacies are sort of secure here? Because if the heat get bounced in the first round, everybody's legacy is tarnished. If you, if you, particularly if you lose to say in Atlanta or Cleveland, in the first round, right? Like what is, I mean, you get to the finals. I figure everybody's legacy is fine. Okay. You're right. But but if you get bounced to the first round, it's not just the players. It's Pat Riley who's going to get thrown under the bus by a lot of people, like another team with a first round exit, right?
3: Well, I may jump in front of that bus <laughs> just to make sure that Pat doesn't get hit by it. But um, I think that this, there's an element of this that, we are trying to figure out whether this team is good enough as presently constructed to win it all. Do they have that top level overwhelming talent in a seven game series that can just um, that can take over essentially is I guess the question that we're really asking. And so, as you say, the playoffs tell that is like, so when we talk about legacies and that kind of stuff, I do think that this build as, as it, like, if they don't make the finals, the noise surrounding can Jimmy Butler be the best player on this team? Can Bam Adebayo be the second best scorer? is Tyler hero good enough to be the primary offensive option, or do you need a better version of Tyler hero or a more ready version of Tyler hero? I think that that all, may all be BS by the end of this, but um, those are the questions that are getting asked. So it's finals or bust. Like I think fans are at that spot with this particular group.
1: You think it's finals or busty? I wouldn't have gone that far. I I think it's conference finals or bust with this group. I, I, I feel like if if they lose a hard fought six or seven game series to Milwaukee, okay Yeah, I okay, I could buy that. I, you know what I'm saying? i I'm I I, I I feel like it's different with Boston because I feel like there'd be more disappointment there, Alex, because Boston I mean, we kind of buried Boston and their whole build two months into this thing. Like, we're mocking them. Danny Ainge left. What the hell is Brad Stevens doing? They don't have a point card, right? Like, I, but Milwaukee, like, we all expected Milwaukee to be in the mix at the end of this thing, like, regardless of losing a player here or there, adding a player here or there, right? Like, losing to Giannis in the Eastern Conference finals in six games when he may be the transcendent player of this particular era. I, I, I mean, to me, that's like the Lowry DeRozan. Raptors losing to LeBron in the Eastern conference finals, right? Like it it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you just may not be good enough or it might be like the Paul George, you know, Danny Granger, Lance Stevenson, Roy, Hibbert. Pacers losing to the heat or the Patrick Ewing Knicks, you know, losing to, or the Reggie Miller Pacers losing to Jordan. Like Giannis may just be that good. Like, so if they lose in the Eastern conference finals, is, is that a legacy barometer for you to them?
2: I think what you said is about right. I, finals or bust is really tough. I do feel what Lake was saying there, but finals are bust. I mean, I, finals are bust is just so tough when I think you look at the Eastern Conference. Like you said, you laid it out there very succinctly. And I just think, you know, to be fair, as far as the Celtics thing, I knew they were going to be a really good defensive <laughs> team, but you're 100% right that the way it started off, the way they created it, we're fighting with each other, just, you know, we're not winning very many games early on. It didn't look like something that, you know, they were essentially going to be able to fix and put together in the middle of the season. And they did, right? It's not like trading for Derek White saved everything, but that was like kind of the last cherry on top to add to them playing well was adding a piece like him and just kind of solidifying their rotation. And they've just been there ever since. And I think they've had similar problems to the heat. As far as clutch offense, you've beaten them in the past. um, And you're supposed to be a team that's built to beat teams like that. And I think the heat are built to beat teams like the Celtics. So I think I'm, I'm to, to, kind of put a cherry on top of what I'm saying here is, yeah, it's kind of Eastern Conference finals or bust because if you lose to the Sixers or the Raptors in the second round, that's a disappointment. Even, even with the Sixers having, you know, the two big name players for Heat fans, that's a huge disappointment. There's still the possibility of getting the Nets in the first round. And I know people are still afraid of the Nets losing in the first round as the one seed is a complete disappointment. We know the Nets are not your typical seven seed. That's fine. It's Kevin Durant. That's cool. You can't lose in the first round as a one seed. They, it's happened to the Heat in the past. They can't do it again. Right. So i they lose I'm with in you. six, it's conference finals are bust, and it's got to go down against the Bucks, like really competitively. They can't be those Raptors or Hawks getting run over.
3: If they lose in six, Ethan, do you think that they bring back the same group to Milwaukee? Let's grant it. It's I, still I, in I, six, so on their home. So like. However, that works out. So it wouldn't be on their home floor, but essentially they go out. It's not a seven game Mm -hmm. series. Do you really think that this is the the exact team that gets brought back with marginal changes surrounding those main guys?
1: I don't know if it's the exact team, but I think you can, you know, unless, unless Bam and Jimmy really struggle, I think that, that they would bring back the primaries and the build. I, I think the problem becomes the hero question then and what role he had in winning or losing, and then whether or not it can be justified to try to, quote-unquote, upgrade for the time being. Because the point I always make about a hero trade is that it may not look like an upgrade in two or three years with with the way that Tyler is trending. Uh, But it may be, okay, we got to go for this now. We can't wait on Tyler. I think that's a harder argument to make with how much progress Tyler made this season. Because I think you can just say, give Tyler another year, let him develop this, and that's where you're going to be. Um, I, I do think the reason it's Eastern Conference finals or bust this point is the way that the bracket's set up. If the bracket had set up differently, where Milwaukee was your second round opponent, or maybe even Boston, it's it it, it looks different. But you got the bracket you wanted. Forget the Nets. Okay, we'll see how that plays out. But I'm talking about the second round series with Toronto or Philadelphia. You absolutely would take that if you were the heat. And and so if they don't get out of that bracket to the Eastern conference finals, I think there will be significant disappointment. I think losing to Milwaukee at that stage is okay. You know, we got to take another run and we've seen, you know, Riley has taken another run at teams, made a tweak and gotten over the top. I don't think you would see kind of the 2005 off season, blow it up. I don't think they can. So I I feel like it would be tweaks. I just want to say one thing for people who are not confident in the way that the heat view things, conversations that I had with heat people, prominent heat people before the season said exactly this to me. They said Phoenix is going to be the best team in the league this year. Okay. But there are five or six other teams that can win it. And here we are entering the playoffs and that's exactly where the heat are and where they knew they would be. And they're in the one seed in the Eastern conference, which shows that they climbed some of those teams, but they went out and paid the extra money and the extra year for Kyle Lowry more than they wanted to, because they knew that this thing was wide open. Okay. And also what was cited to me was yeah. Phoenix is really good, but golden state was really good a couple of years ago. And then Kevin Durant and clay Thompson got hurt in the finals. And Toronto came up with a championship, not to disparage them. Toronto was a very good team. We know that, but crazy things happen over the course of two months. Look at Luca. Okay. Look what happened here in the last game. What if that happens to Giannis? What if that happens to Chris Paul, which we've seen that can happen to Chris Paul, Miami just wanted to be in position. They're in position. They read the, they read the landscape correctly. They read their team correctly. They read their depth correctly. They made majority correct decisions this year with who they played, who they didn't play, who they elevated, uh, and I feel like they're in good position. And so I think at this stage, let's say they overachieved with 53 wins. They did. I had them at 51 before the year. They beat what I projected. Um, they're a one seed. I had them in a three seed. They they did better than they expected as a regular season team. But right here, right now, from where it's starting, number one seed in Eastern Conference, they got to get they got to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That, that's, that's the way I view it. You look at 2005. Okay. They were the number one seed. They got to the Eastern conference finals. They lost Detroit because they had a bad break. That stuff happens in the Eastern conference finals. True, but You got to get there. You got to get there. I think for this to be considered a successful season for the organization. Uh, so that's what we're expecting. I think that's honestly what's going to happen.
2: No, all I said was give Milwaukee a run. That's that's all I really think they need to see, like a real, real run, not mm-hmm. just you know losing six. No, it's got to be like, you know, really make the Bucks feel like they can lose too, because right. that's what this team was built for. It's literally what they were built for.
1: Get in the get in the arena with the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and roll it out and see how it works. That's that's where this organization wanted to be this year, and I believe as we go into the playoffs, that's where they're gonna be. All right, check out our off the floor subscriber feed. Uh, Make sure you hit, you subscribe to that one. Got a lot of ton of cool content on there. Got a week before the playoffs to try it out. Okay. Decide if you want it or not. we got something cool coming up on Thursday night. Um, We may may engage some folks uh, from where Greg and, and Alex used to be have a little competition with our friends over at Miami heat beat. So make sure you check that out on Thursday night. Have a good night, everybody.
3: Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the fire regional sports network.